everybody, and welcome to the fourth edition of the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the president of memes of Jets Twitter. It's NYJ Matt. Yo, yo. So episode four, we did have a good guest lined up tonight. Um, scheduling conflicts popped up. All good. We'll have them on hopefully next week. But for the fourth episode, we're going to go through a preview of the week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to give you our thoughts on how we think the game is going to turn out and a few predictions along the way and maybe some betting tips because I think there's a lot of good first touchdown prop bets out there that I'm looking at. But Mike, give me your, your initial thoughts when you saw Buffalo week one on the calendar. Okay, Buffalo week one. The first thing that comes to mind when I think about the Buffalo Bills is that they are the 2018 Bears. They are the tw- a worse version of the 2017 Jaguars. They are an overachieving, defensive-oriented, poorly quarterback team. They have a very good head coach. Their defense is still formidable. They have a lot of good players on defense. They have a fantastic quarterback named Tredavious White. They have a, a ver- they have a very good safety core, including Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, who they got from Green Bay. Uh, they have some overachieving players like Matt Milano. Tremaine Edmonds is a very solid middle linebacker. They have a good team on defense. I don't like their offense so much. I think Stephon Diggs was a good move. I'm not so nervous about the Bills. I'm more nervous week two about the 49ers, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But it, when you look at Buffalo, all I think about is, hey, we have to score 20 points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see what our defense is. The interesting thing about the Jets this year, this is the most interesting thing to me, is that you lose your top two defensive players coming going into the season. So C.J. Mosley, gone. Jamal Adams, gone. Great trade. Um, you know, there are worst-case scenarios. And what happens is usually when a team loses two players, it's not like Jamal Adams and C.J. Mosley both tore their ACLs. Right. We got a boatload of picks and another starting safety for Jamal. In Bradley McDougal, we got, you know, we C.J. Mosley's contract is deferred. The, I think the Jets will be able to, to put up some, you know, I'm mean, listening the Jets can score 38 points in the Bills. I don't think they need to. You look at last week, last year, week one, the Jets lost 17 to 16. I think it'll be a similar kind of game. Uh, I hope Adam Gase is going to release Sam, you know, unleash Sam Darnold. We'll see what happens. I think the Jets need to score 20 plus points. And if they do that, I think they win week one in Buffalo and set themselves up for a productive 2020 season. I like it. I like it. Yeah. First thinking about Buffalo week one and looking at the, the matchup, I love that there are no fans in Buffalo. I think that's a rowdy crowd to go in there and, and play week one. I, I'm glad that we get them without fans because, you know, things have been changing in the NFL. Some teams have them. I think Buffalo may have fans, you know, second part like of the year. 20, which, maybe, yeah, maybe later in the year, like 25 it's, it, it's good we get them now. I, I think looking at, you know, second half of last year, Gates was great on the first drive of the game. I'd love for the Jets to start off putting up points. I agree with you. McDermott wins the coaching battle against Adam Gase. But I think the thing is we need Greg Williams to – you know, I'm not afraid of Josh Allen's arm. I'm afraid of him getting out of the pocket, getting mobile, and, you know, I heard Avery Williamson coming back, hasn't played in, you know, what is it, year and a half, dating back to when he got injured. So I'm most focused on stopping Josh Allen from running, 
Greg Williams, take that defense and keep them to 17 points or less. That gives Adam Gase's offense a chance and Sam Darnold to play. If I were to make a prediction, my bold prediction would be Daniel Brown scores a touchdown. I don't know why I feel like Daniel Brown's getting six at some point this game. My prediction before Piran got hurt was he was going to score the first touchdown of the Jets season. Um, it would be like a weird goal line play where Bell had a nice run. They pull him out of nowhere. Frank Gore is like a thousand years old, and they put Piran in there to get a touchdown. Expectations for Darnold is a, is a fun one to talk about. You know, you're not getting Buffalo in freezing cold temperatures. You're playing there in September. For me, anything over 225, two touchdowns, I would love and keep it to no turnovers. I know sometimes we can't always get that. But, geez, starting off a year hot with Darnold would be great and, and, and staying out confident. But the big question mark is, are you getting Perryman and are you getting Mims week one? And I, right now, I think Mims is more likely definitely than, than Perryman getting out there. Well, first of all, the Bills didn't enforce that many turnovers last year. They're a very good defense. Um, they rank in the top half of the league. You know, they were second in points against, but in, and also in yards, they were they were second and in, in, they were third in, in total yards. But they only had fourteen interceptions last year, which is a you know it's a fine total, but it's not like Sam's going to go out there and you know it's dangerous. You know, you could throw four, five, inter, you know, three, two, three, four interceptions. Right, right. Um, the thing with Mims and Perryman is that, you know, Mims is obviously the more exciting player at this point. For Jets fans, he's the second-round pick. You know, he looks fluid and smooth in practice. He is a, he's an electric kind of guy. But Perryman is, the you know, the veteran guy. You need him now. It's, it's going to be very disheartening for the Jets if they go into week one. I mean, even if Mims is healthy, I don't think he's going to play too big of a role. We talked about mm-hmm. it last week on the show. Yeah. The guy is a rookie. It's a pandemic. There's the stupid coronavirus. Uh, he, you know, he didn't practice until, you know, what, a week before, a week and a half before the season. Very difficult for that guy to come in and make a huge impact. So you're going to see a lot of a guy like Chris Hogan. You're going to see a lot of, you know, who, who the hell knows? Is it's it going to be is it going Bell to be Hurting Crowder? Alone? Bell Herndon be Crowder. Bell Herndon Crowder. But the Bills are, you know, they're well coached. Like we said, they're going to be smart. They're going to key on it, key in on it. I'm hoping to see. I'm I'm curious your thoughts. I'm hoping to see a continuation of last year, where Adam Gase came out, had a good script, and and kind of dominated teams early on in, in football games. Yeah, I think one of my biggest complaints with Adam Gase, we've talked about it too, is going and coaching to where the game takes you. Now I know that that happens sometimes weather permitting the team scheme, you just have to go a certain way. But how many times is it, you know, we're just going to try to get, hey, Bell, just try to get three yards every play, make it manageable on third. Give me a fucking break. Let Sam Darnold throw the football. And, you know, maybe Malone is your, your number two receiver going into the game. You can't, you can't change that. But Darnold needs to be able to drop back, have confident throws to his guys, Bell, Crowder, and Herndon. Maybe we get Perryman, Mims, and Hogan out there. But I'm tired of this garbage of, oh, we played a tight game. Like, I'm not living a year where Darnold throws like 185 yards, but and we lose on like a last-second field goal. Unleash him. You're out there. It might be a different game week one, you know, depending on what McDermott throws at us. But, geez, I, I want I want Darnold to throw for 300 fucking yards this game. Yeah, especially the fact that Josh Allen has never thrown for more than He's 270 never... yards. Yeah, he just hasn't done it. I Josh Allen and I have the same amount of games with 270 plus yards in NFL football. 
it's interesting too because Josh Allen, surprisingly, um, looking at the stats, he's one of the most accurate guys within ten yards. Which is, you know, you, you didn't take him for a precision thrower. You thought he was a long ball guy. He's one of the most inaccurate down twenty yards. So when you look at how do you not walk into a three hundred yard game? How do you not walk into like a game where you throw for two eighty five? The Darnold's second concerned. game, yeah. Darnold's Darnold second game against Miami, he throws for three hundred yards. It was not a great outing from him. He had a, a weird. You know, that that pick that we always talk about when we were watching it, we were live at that game. We were focused on Cleveland week three. But, I mean, how do you not fall into it? I'm not, like, Josh Allen's my least of my worries going into this game. You're right. Look, the, the Josh Allen slander is warranted because he hasn't shown as much as a passer as, as I think, you know, as he, as it seems he would have like if you would ask a casual NFL fan like oh because the bills were good last year you know there you would just assume you know you would equate in your head that hey Josh Allen is a good quarterback the bills went 10 and 6 they made the playoffs they probably should have won that playoff game against the Texans right um but you know you look at the stats Josh Allen 20 touchdowns nine picks a little over 3,000 yards yeah like 3,080 yards I mean it's an average of about 180 a game He's not lighting it up. He's a very good coach. They're in a good system. Um, but the Bills' offense just doesn't stand out to me at all. Like, the offensive line is, is not particularly great. They just signed Deion Dawkins to an extension, the left tackle, who is not the – you know, he's not a standout left tackle. He's a solid player. They, Brian Winters is going to be the right guard of, uh, mm-hmm. for the Bills. You know, Jets fans know a lot about Brian Winters. The, you know, Devin Singletary is a cool player, but – is he a feature back? What does he have? You know, the Bills ran Frank, Frank Gore a lot last year. Uh, you know, John Brown had a 1,000-yard year last year, and he'll get moved down into the two role, and they brought in Stephon Diggs. You know, they did a good job with that. It's just not terrifying because you don't think the Bills are going to come out and try to throw it all over you. So if you're the Jets, just limit the big plays. Don't let Stephon Diggs have a 50-yard touchdown in the game. Right. They're not going to score 25, 30 points if that doesn't happen. Like you said, Josh Allen's going to complete some short passes. He's going to run a little bit. But if you're the Jets, you contain him, you know. You, and then what is it? What, what's going to happen? The Bills, you know, they're going to play smart football. They're going to try not to turn it over. Again, Josh Allen, nine interceptions last year is a good number. Very good number. Um, so, you know, if you're the Jets, again, contain Allen. No 55-yard touchdown to digs. If that's the case, I would be – if if Josh, I'll say this: If Josh Allen doesn't have a ten plus yard rushing touchdown, and Stephon Diggs doesn't have a fifty plus yard receiving touchdown, I think it's inexcusable for the Jets to lose that game. I like it. I have I have the predictions in my head right now. I'm ready to go. My my bold prediction is Daniel Brown touchdown. I can just picture this playing out. The Jets go up fourteen to three in the first half. We feel pretty confident. Bill start crawling the way back into it maybe get us to like a 17-13 game. They make it 17-16. I don't know who's going to come off the edge, but I just keep picturing a Josh Allen blindside strip sack. We scoop up the ball. Darnold throws a touchdown. We ice the game. I, I'm, I'm thinking 24-16, Jets win. Now they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Take the reverse line. Make them six-and-a-half-point favorites and get a good payday. Because I 20 was it 24-16? That's my, that's my number. I'm so curious to see how the Jets' defense looks this year because <laughs> I just I, – it's hard to gauge, you know? Last year, you, 
the Jets don't have such an identity because you don't have a very good pass rush. First of all, slam twenty four to sixteen. Put all put it, put everything on is, it. Is that your number? Is that, I need your I need your exact number. Twenty twenty four sixteen. I I couldn't be more convinced. Oh, I've we're never, in there. We're in there. I've never been so convinced of anything. But I, just just thinking about the Jets roster. So the Jets don't have a very good pass rush. You know, on paper, the outside linebackers Jordan Jenkins is fine, solid player. Um, Terrell Basham is is a below average starting outside linebacker. We don't know what Quinn Williams is going to do. That's the big X factor. You know, even if Henry Anderson has a bounce back year with seven sacks, it's not like he's going to be, you know, all over, like all over the place. Not OC Umiora. He's not OC Henry Anderson. Right. So we're gonna not a great pass rush. Not a great, you know. Secondary in terms of cornerbacks, I like Pierre Desir. I think Bless Austin has a chance to pop. You know, we talked about Michael Nanny a couple weeks ago. Dude looks great in camp. Absolutely ripped. Changed his whole regimen. I'm just I don't know what the Jets' identity on defense is. I guess we were talking about before Matt and I. The the run defense is there. The defensive line is really good. The Jets have a really good defensive line. And Very they, were ranked, they were ranked 29th preseason rankings that came out today. Their defensive line was ranked 29th make, in the NFL. If you, if you just do a simple search, type it on Google. Who had the second, you know, the Jets had the second ranked run defense in terms of yards last year. The Bucks were higher. The only team, you know, that let up less yards per game than the Jets. Just like 86 yards a game on the ground. An incredible number. Um, you're, you're extremely deep there. Quinton Williams, Florence Fatu Kasi. Kyle Phillips, Steve McClendon, Henry Anderson, Nathan Shepard, uh, even even Franklin Myers, the guy that you know the Jets got from the Rams last year. The, there's a lot of good players in the Jets defensive front. The line they proved that you know the Jets defensive line proved they could stop the run without an incredible linebacking core behind them. Last year mm-hmm. the Jets were playing with their fourth and fifth guys, James yeah. Burgess, uh, Neville Hewitt, Blake Cashman. So I think the Jets are going to you know stop the run. A lot of blitzes from from Greg Williams. If you're a Jet fan, you got to feel good about I'm, Greg Williams as your defensive coordinator. I'm locked in right now. Like I feel like it's the night before. I'm freaking out. <laughs> so I, I need from you three specific things that are going to happen. Bold predictions, three specific. I gave you my Daniel Brown touchdown. I gave you the Jordan Jenkins, I'm going to say, as a strip sack on, Darnold, on uh, Josh Allen's blind side. And the third one is Tredavious White. He's going to have a really good defensive play. He's going to wag his finger, and they're going to call it defensive pass interference. And we're going to get like a 20-yard gain. So those are three specific plays that are going to happen in that game. I, I think I think Jameson Crowder 10-plus catches is a lock. Got it. Especially with Tredavious White on the outside. I don't think he's going to shadow Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you need at least, even if Mims is not, you know, completely up to speed with the playbook, just have the guy play, run a, run a vertical, you know, go deep just to take some pressure off of the inside of the field. Just going to have to work the inside. I think Sam Darnold, 25 plus completions is a very good bet is a very good bet because again, the jets are not, who are they going to throw the ball? You know, who are they going to open up the field with? You're going to see a lot of Herndon. You're going to see a lot of bell. You're going to see a lot of Crowder. These are all short yardage, you know, intermediate route running kind of guys. Um, and then the third thing, uh, you know, I would say that the Jets forced a couple of turnovers on Josh Allen, just like they did week one last year. You saw Josh Allen had three turnovers in the first half. The Jets had five sacks in that game, somehow lost it. 
I guarantee you if that happens again, the Jets don't lose the game. Done. So our prediction is 24-16. Jets are taking it. That would be a push on the over. The over and under is 40 right now. But that's, that's our week one preview. And I do want to ask a question, Mike. And this is coming Please. off the cuff. Just a hypothetical for you. Please. You have to build your ideal head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator with living coaches right now. Of any coaches? Any coaches. I'm going to give mine. Okay. I want my head coach. I don't want Bill Belichick. I want Jim Harbaugh. Done. I want my defense coordinator to be Rex Ryan coming out of retirement. Okay. And I want my offensive coordinator to be Siamese Twins with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Oh. So they're conjoined at the hip. Okay. Think about it. How about this? Think about it. Think about it. How how about this? Okay. Okay, I have a good one. (laughs) Okay. I'm just trying to think who my head coach is going to be. That's tough. My defensive (laughs) coordinator is Bill Belichick. Okay, good. Number one defense in the league last year, 12.7 points per game in a passing league where just no one does that. And, and, you know, you look on paper, the Patriots defense, you know, guys like Kyle Van Noy, Danny Shelton, uh, you know, just just not not like a completely insane star-studded cast. Bill Belichick is my defensive coordinator. John Harbaugh is my special teams coach. Oh fuck, I forgot. Special, special teams, teams coach. coach. One of the most decorated head coaches that the league has seen in the last fifteen years is my special teams coach. Living co- living coach. My head coach is Bill Parcells. He's alive. Mm, good answer. Also, every time I drive in the turnpike, there's like a billboard. It's like Bill Parcells in some kind of commercial. Probably, you know, <laughs> confirmed he is alive. Okay. And my offensive coordinator, I will agree with you, Sean McVay. Um, the way that I love watching the Rams play because they have such a plan. Well, I have Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan conjoined at the hip. I had the it could cause problems. Time. It could cause problems. The You're reason I didn't also, I didn't want to include Jim Harbaugh because, like, they got have some, you know, sibling issues. True. You just don't need that. You don't need that. So I'll take I, the way the Rams play offense. They'll run fifteen. You know, they'll run five, six, seven end arounds a game. Then you know they'll send Robert Woods in motion and they'll do a little play action. They'll hand it off up the middle. They'll they'll then they'll send Robert Woods in motion. They'll play action. They hand it off the middle. They'll do a they'll roll out. They'll throw a six yard pass to Tyler Higby. Mm-hmm. Then they'll send Robert Woods in motion. They'll do a play action up the middle. They'll have Tyler Higby do an out, and then all of a sudden Cooper Cup comes around the outs. You know he comes across the field over the top of Tyler Higby. You hit him. It's just so methodical. It's so well thought out. It makes a lot of sense. He's a very smart man. I have a lot of appreciation. I love watching the Rams play. I'm excited for Jets Rams because I think, you know, you know. In our sixteen or no season, where <laughs> I think the Jets match up okay against the Rams again. Oh, this is what I wanted to bring up before. Before you know, we go to the other segment. Week two, Jets Niners. We talked about this last week with Joe Cap. Not the worst matchup for the Jets. Not, the Fortnite defense line, yeah, is really uh, is is very is is fantastic. Not a great matchup in that area. Right, but on on when the Jets are on defense, the Fortnite's love to run the ball. Jimmy G, mistake-prone, 18 picks last year, threw for like 3,800 yards. They love to run the ball. Good luck. Good luck. Steve McClendon is going to do some crazy shit, and no one's going to care about it on ESPN. 
but Steve McClendon looks like a like Predator in the movie Predator, and he's uh, gonna like murder Matt Predator behind the line. Oh no, Matt Predator's in the Dolphins. He's gonna murder Raheem Mostert, former Jet great, behind the line. I'm Man. I'm now mad thinking about the potential of having a sideline of Jim Harbaugh, Rex Ryan, and conjoined twins of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. But now I'm thinking about it, both of them choked in the Super Bowl, so I could have picked Andy Reid. Imagine a big boy staff of Andy Reid and Rex Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more long-term. Dude, Rex, there's been a lot of chatter on Jets Twitter about, you know, people liking Rex. I love Rex Ryan, to be clear. But it does go to my president theory that there are a lot of former players and coaches that are looked upon more fondly than they were during their time in office or in – you know, in the football, in football's case, on the field. Yeah. It's just Geno Smith, it, it gets to me. I don't understand what the fuck. If the Geno one's different than the Rex Ryan one because we wanted Rex Ryan to get rehired going into 2014. If you remember, the John Edge, they gave him the ball and said, this is our head coach and he's remaining next year. It's like a big deal. And then 2014, right? Not a great year. Uh, and we were fine with Rex Ryan getting fired that year. But we, yeah, we, we are... When you look back at it, we're big Rex Ryan guys. We're big Mark Sanchez fans. That's it. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners for listening to the fourth episode of the Broadway Jets podcast. Until next week, when we have a special, special. Darnold flushed out. Williams giving chase. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone. It's caught. Anderson. Incredible play by Doug.